0: The, uh, in First John, uh, it says something to us that's full of challenge and uh, really is impossible uh, on a natural score because it says some things. In verse 15 of, of, of uh, the chapter there, it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And play, let me just say this. We already are to too great an extent. Okay? And, and so the, ish- the issue is how do we break up with what we're not supposed to be in love with? Okay? But uh, neither the things that are in the world, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And, and I was in the electric car today and I drove around a little bit and it's just
1: mm-hmm.
0: breathtakingly beautiful. though the work and the lawns and the, the the flowers were out, and just you think, oh my God, what a what a marvelous place we live in! It's it had the the effect of what might have been like Eden. You got a couple of seconds of that, but when they're talk, they're not talking about the the natural things. They're talking about Here it is, because he says um, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And all of those things are where, uh, what we have to break up with. Now when we're talking about music, uh, you know, I've heard people say, oh I love, I've heard them say it, I felt that too. There are people I really thought, "Oh, what a beautiful voice!" I mean, I Nanamaskuri sings uh, in, in about seven or eight languages. Beautiful voice. Uh, but what they're what they talking about it here, what he's talking about, is the things that distract you from the mystery of God and and the the unseen realm. Because every one of you who have the, the spirit of truth have, have the, the functioning work of God himself available to you if you want it. And so you, please don't go out and try to stop liking the movies or your movie stars or your songs or your athletic teams, you know. Um, <laughs> because you can't, you can't not love what you have loved and are habituated to in the natural. You just can't. But you can say, God, could you alleviate the weight of what you don't like? And, and if you stay with it, he will show you the dread. And, I, and I'm not speaking from some great capacity, but I have a little time where I've been working on that, and I've seen how God will um, fracture your love relationship with idiocy he really will uh, and uh, so I want the love of a father in me you know I don't want this to be a, uh, a the kind of a situation where I'm uh, not on any any going forward thing and if and, and you have to you have to let yourself know for sure that if you're not fully given to God, at least in the offering and the desire to come about as one consistently going forward, if that isn't as, you know, and, and that comes with accountability. Are you accountable to anything? or you just Stay home when you feel like it and don't call anybody or feel like that, you know, it's a free run. Let me say this. I, I said something today and I don't want to get going. i on. only had five minutes of your time and I'll get out of here. I don't know who's preaching. I hope, hope it fits in. But, But the... Where we are... And the word that's coming out of so many more... and and I'm trusting tonight it will be a a word of life and not just information that the circumstances you are in far greater uh, intensity and demand and difficulty than you ever were because of the truth that's come across and because of what you've said and what you're committed to but the beauty is that God is going to do it you cannot and if you keep <laughs> trying, you're just, you know, it's, it, it's pathetic, and, uh, At any rate, it says, uh, uh, and the, it says, and the world passes away, it's passing away. Okay. And the lust thereof. And <laughs> I think the last thing to go will be our pride. Would that be a fair assessment? So God help us tonight. We're going to lift our arms to God, bring, bring a, a, tell God before we get from this point to our gathering that you want Him to do some business with you, and that He knows what kind of condition you're in. It's not good at this point because you're not finished, and it's it's. I'll say it again if you don't believe it. There, there is nothing greater coming to you than resurrection life, to have a body that is glorified and you're going to live forever. And, and he says you, you have all things. God help us to appreciate that and realize whatever pain, whatever difficulty is minimal. And he is going to show us what a despicable uh, lot we are. But we also have to say that we're fully furnished. Fully furnished to do this and have all this stuff. Father, thank you. Uh, Bow your heads. I ask for a focus and a clarity tonight and may the, the songs Extend our hearts and prepare us for all that you want Uh, Be with those that are struggling uh, Those that are not with us our friends and those who have recent deaths in the family and sicknesses that won't yield Uh, We know you know all about these things and God we ask for a greater trust that uh, will not uh, whine but will realize you're the You're the maker, you're the clay, you're the potter of this clay, and we need to ask for the softness and the malleability of your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
2: scripture that I think defines the intention of God, Uh, and we ought to be thankful for the intention of God. Without the intention of God, uh, we wouldn't be able to go forward at all. And I know that um, all of us um, have been awakened, and I and I I think it should be an area where we're very uh, encouraged and hopeful and strengthened that the commitment of God is far superior to our commitment. And yeah, and. It doesn't mean we don't talk about our commitment and the, ne- the need for it and our full surrender and all those things. I, I get discouraged at times and I perhaps shouldn't, I don't know what I was expecting, but at my partial surrender. Yeah. Yeah. And I run into to it once in a great, great while. Right. Um, uh, I run into that, but I, I have to say that um, the, the intention of God is moving forward with us I do believe that I do believe um, and I don't want to you know Brother Bill talked about some things this morning here and I think uh, accountability uh, is in my view has never been more significant or actually <coughs> weighty for all of us, and the closing in, and, and I think Joe called it closing margins and we've said that a lot, uh, it's never been more intense in my view. I'm not here to uh, boast about the uh, all my personal margins being closed, I'm here to say God is committed to that purpose. And that should encourage us that things are not lightening up in the sense of God's intention. In my view, they're intensifying. And God's purpose for us is to really get us to the place where we are fully surrendered. And um, I, I, I want to read this scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5. And its I think it defines the the intention of God. In verse 23, it says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit. (laughs) It's a funny line, isn't it? Your whole spirit. (laughs) All of it. And I suppose it fits with the next, your whole soul. It doesn't say that, but it's understood that it, it is in front of all these, these three things. Your whole spirit and your whole soul and your whole body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. And, and I believe that ought to encourage us today and, and this evening and in general that God is extremely faithful, and, and we understand we've seen our failings in faithfulness, we've been faithless, and there's many, many examples in the Bible of infidelity, um, I mean, some of us should be encouraged tonight that God put some of the examples in the Bible that he did, um, because even though we know we shouldn't put it on some human scale, but um uh, it, David committed murder and adultery premeditated, which doesn't sit well in, in, the, in the justice system of this country, although nowadays I'm not sure what sits well, it doesn't sit well, but it didn't used to sit well in this country when it was premeditated. You know, there was a difference between you know crimes of passion and premeditation. Plan, planning something, that's really bad. and god brought david through that and and i we, we read the story so quickly and we and, and but man to to try to put yourself in those places where um, <clears throat> the 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 great loving kindness and and not just that but the because it's not tolerance the loving kindness of god <clears throat> is not tolerance the loving kindness of god is he's a, he's a excellent father and the best uh, uh, the best fathers we've had in the natural were not tolerant fathers Um, they they had lines uh there were lines that were uh, it, it was a natural thing i know and it couldn't bring us to the place of where god wants to bring us but we have a heavenly father that isn't tolerant but he knows our frame and he has understanding that is uh is is great for our frailty, he gets it, he, he made us, he knows that, and he knows how to bring us somewhere that we have no capacity to go, and he's committed to that purpose. And so, uh, he, he your whole soul, uh, your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body, uh, he's talking about, to set that apart unto himself, to sanctify you wholly, uh, that's what God is after. And, um, and so you know, when you talk about your whole spirit, and and uh, we've been begotten from above, from uh, you know, born of born from above, and our spirit has been quickened so that we can have communion and access with the spirit of God. But also, the Bible says in Second Corinthians 7 1 that cleanse yourself from all filthiness of flesh and spirit. Now, what that's about is you can look all through the world, and, and even in your own life perhaps, where you find yourself, where you're driving, it's, it, 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 the police call it DUI, you're driving under another influence. And, and God wants to fully sanctify that out of my life, so that I am set apart unto Him, and only, the only spiritual influence that he's looking for is the Holy Spirit. That influence. Um, And I mean, how else do you explain the things that we read about in the world that are going on, how else do you explain, except there's another spiritual power behind that. The whole world lies under the wicked one. How else could you, I mean, your heart goes out to people that still seem to have some level of sanity when you listen to them, and they're trying to function in some arena. Um, and then it says your whole soul this is a really well let me get to whole body because whole body uh, I, really means a new body um, that God wants to give us and we, I don't know too much about that um, I, I've never had one I mean the big thing to me and this is really low level but the big thing to me was that Jesus walked through the walls I mean that's kind of a big deal to me Thank you. Thank you. But it's, I think it's probably bigger than that. Yeah. <laughs> it might mean more than that, right? It can't die. I mean, like there's probably a lot, if you let your imagination, and don't please don't get distracted and go, um, you actually probably could be shot and nothing happens. I don't know, I, I don't know. You could bump your head and have no, no scar. I, I don't really, I don't know what I'm talking about. And that's why I've been impressed with walking through the wall, right? Because if I could do that right now, I would, and you'd pay attention a lot more to what I'm saying—not because I'm saying such wonderful things, but they, everybody would say, "Did you see that? He just walked through the wall." Yeah. Is he coming back? Oh, here he is! <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? I just see ya. Do you know how much money we spend on doors? <laughs> Hardware for doors, do you realize we buy commercial products? Do you realize how much money they are? Does any Ron, do you remember what we spent on the last house we built on doors? And hardware, Ben? You could probably throw out a number. It's a lot of money. Do you realize the savings if we just... that's not it. All right. Well, maybe then again, you wouldn't even need a house. Like, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Right? Okay. So that's clear. But it says your whole body. And Romans 8 talks about, right, the redemption of the body. Somehow I, let me just digress one more second about this. Did anybody notice when Jesus came out of the grave that there's just a little verse in there that a bunch of other folks came out too and visited the saints? Okay, what, what okay, tell me about that. Did they die again? Did they go someplace else? Did they eat? Did they sit? What did they do? I mean, what did they look like? Were they wrapped in stuff? I don't know. I know you don't. And nobody knows. I mean, but there's some strange things that we don't understand, right? That just, just happened. Okay. But as important as it is to be cleansed of the filthiness of the spirit, and you should pay attention when you're walking around. There are times my wife confronts me. This is the thing she confronts me the most about, and that is talking to myself. And I have to say, at times, I'm not sure I'm alone when I'm talking. I think maybe I'm talking to somebody or something in my mind, and and we should be aware. I'm gonna make her nervous. She's gonna wanna stay at somebody's house tonight. We should be aware of the spirit that we're under the influence of. And let me just say one that is a profound influence, that is a spirit of division. That is always available to us. And, and if you are so inclined, and, and we open the door different ways, but we get a spiritual power to join us, and all of a sudden we're divided. I talked to somebody recently, there's a, there's a place in the world that they've been divided in, in that particular place for 20 years. and uh, I, And um, Abel uh, knows about it, and he said to me, well, you know, I've listened to a lot of the meetings. I sat through meeting after meeting after meeting, and he said, I didn't actually ever discover what the source of division was. But it's 20 years long. So that's sort of telling. Perhaps there's some filthiness of spirit that's worked in there, another influence that's directing the traffic. Okay, The unity we have here is the unity of... The spirit, the unity of the same spirit. When we walk, if we're walking in the same spirit, it doesn't mean we absolutely agree on everything, but we do stay together. Okay, all right. Now, I, the other thing was whole soul, which I think is really quite a quite a deal. Um, the whole soul, and. Because we define the soul, and maybe this is a limited definition, but we define it as the mind, will, and the emotions. And so, if you consider that the the word in Romans twelve says you're transformed by the renewing or the renovation of your mind, which I believe means your soul. And so, God is. And so, think of it this way, and I've been thinking of it more this way that that God is not out to brings sameness or cookie cutter um, you know, individuals or even cookie cutter Christ there is a variegation of expression of who Christ is Christ is a many membered body and if we look out in creation we are very silly to think that somehow God would, would have this automaton stamp uh, of Christ and, and he's got a, a variety of expressions of who Christ is And that would mean a variety of expressions of the thoughts that would change, transformed thoughts. It's not that you don't have any thoughts, it's that they're transformed now. They're different thoughts, they're new thoughts. And everybody in this room has experienced it. You are upset at an individual uh, and you have a thought that seems concreted in your mind. And the Spirit of God has intersected you. And gave you a new thought. And that's one of the best things that I've ever experienced. It gave me a new thought that I didn't know was there. It was a higher thought. And it brought forth fruit rather than destruction. Um, And emotions. It's not that you're without emotions. But the emotions get purified. And I was thinking the emotions are not... They're, they're extricated, they're sanctified away from all self-interest. That's a pretty think about that for a second. That's a pretty big thought to have emotions that are purified to the point that what is expressed is what is a beautiful thing rather than something that is uh, destructive. And um, you know I, I probably said this. I realized that when it says, be angry and sin not, I never quite got that scripture. How do you, you know, be angry and sin? Because I get upset at things. But how do you then do you not sin? Well, you don't let it... It's at that point you don't have it ruling over you completely and controlling the atmosphere. That would be the difference. And God is interested in separating your whole soul, your, your thoughts and your, your emotions. And then it says your will. And we all understand about the will. And we all laugh about the unique children that are born here that come out with a strong will, right? The anomaly of that. There's no such thing as a weak-willed person. We call people weak-willed, but everyone has a strong will, no matter which direction it goes in. And you can find that out. (laughs) You know, um, well, you can find that out about yourself when somebody crosses you. And you find out about the weakness of your will. And um, God is committed to purifying and transforming your will to be in line with his will, the will of God. Uh, I think Paul talks about that. Well, I'll get to that maybe in a second. So there's a process going on of this sanctification. And I think we could also call it transformation because it's a separation from. And it's a separation unto the Lord. And I think, I think we get in trouble. You know, I think when you find out, Brother Bill started out with, love not the world, neither things of the world. Anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And I think excuse me we've had that a little bit backwards that we wanted to extricate ourselves from loving the world and yet we we didn't have much of a love relationship with our Heavenly Father I think when you I think the impetus for dropping stuff in your life or the strength or the power is because you see God. I need a deeper relationship with you. I don't have the kind of resource, or, or I, I, I know the Bible says I have it. <laughs> right? We have all things in Christ. Right? We can do all things that He wants us to do in Christ who strengthens us. But I find um, that I seemingly I, I need a greater relationship. Um, impacting of spirit and, and uh, infilling and not just infilling but outflowing <laughs> right that to me is the, the provocation of the Holy Ghost that you find that you need more of the Lord you need more of that union with the Lord at the worst of times when it's not convenient when the environment is hostile to you when you are being crossed, when you are being whatever. because I, I hate the idea, I hate this. You can get cynical about life because you, you've found out that you aren't what you've said in a praise service over and over. Don't get cynical about that. Just say, Lord, I know you're committed to the intention of this this whole transformation, this whole sanctification in me, Lord, that's what I need to have because I, I know I don't know You, or I don't, uh, I don't have the kind of communion that I need to have, and and I don't even like listen. People they insert in their message about saviors on Mount Zion. Have you thought about that very long? Does it irritate you at all? It it irritates, it bothers me. Not because I don't believe it. I do, but I think, oh, Lord. (laughs) Someone just said something nasty to me, and I'm I'm in quite a a war about that. (laughs) Ascending Mount Zion, here I am. And you look at the world. I mean, I think you probably could look at the world and see that probably needs some saviors. <laughs> um, and so, the whole point of sanctification, we know. I'll just uh, the, it's the same word in the Bible as holiness. Holiness. We have some funny ideas about. I know. We think it's a certain facial expression. Some kind of level of piety. Uh, For women, it's long, gray hair. I don't know, does anybody notice that? No? Okay. certain dress. Someone was mentioning there's such a thing as um, Amish romance novels. I was trying not to imagine what that was like. Sister Mary took her bonnet off. I, I don't know, don't even worry about that. I'm just saying, that's not holiness. You know what holiness is? Being fully separated unto your heavenly Father. That's my purpose. That's my intention. That's my my life. That is my life source. Those are my thoughts. Those are my emotions. That's my will. That's what that's what holiness is. It's not a certain dress or a certain hairdo or a certain restriction and and um, of of life. Or um, it's really just the work of the spirit to separate us and. Set us apart unto himself. And, and we know that's what it means holiness. It's the same thing. And, and we realize, and we don't have to turn there, but in, in Hebrews 12, it says the whole purpose of, of um, chastening is that we'd be partakers of his holiness. The whole purpose of God's correction is that we would be set apart unto him. But would you, right? I mean the whole purpose is so that we can relate, be in relationship, be in union with Him. The whole purpose of, of of that narrowing in of our lives and and make no mistake about it the Spirit of God is out to narrow us. He's out to narrow us in the sense of only not in the, not in the sense of being narrowed like suffocated but in the sense of only in the sense of a new creation and once again look outside and look at God's creation can you I was struck with the and I was gone when, when, it, when I left because I was gone a lot and, and when I left uh, this place was wretched and we would ripped up the lawns with the backhoe and Don and I had, had a conversation about, hey, oh, my goodness, what we've done. And, you know, we scraped. We, we had to remember. Do you remember all the snow? I don't remember any snow. Do you remember snow? <laughs> <laughs> remember ice? Remember all that? Yeah, all that. Then that was nuts. See, was, I came home. And you know what? The lawns were beautiful. They were green and everything. Yeah. And the trees got green again. I mean, did, it, did anybody notice? And I, I noticed because on May 24th, everything was uglified and on June 15th everything had been beautified so how much time is that? three weeks in three weeks time God changes creation from being uglified to being beautified Just you could write that in your notes in case you're having a bad day it might only be a three week process Yeah, how about that? The twinkling of an eye. And so um, it says, I want to make a point too, and we have this parenthesis of life, and it says in 2 Corinthians three eighteen. you have to turn there, that the change takes place from glory to glory. It, it, it points to a process of this going on, the sanctifying process. We're set apart, we're set apart, we're set apart. And uh, unto holiness, we're chastened so that we can be participators, partakers of this holiness. Um, and um, it says, but we all with open face. I think that's really such an important line. We all with open face. Do you know what? The work of the Spirit is doing is delivering us from being afraid of being open-faced with the Lord. We're being delivered from being open-faced, and Jesus said to the Pharisees, "You don't listen to me, and um, I have the words of life, and you, and and you don't, you won't come unto me. And the reason we don't come unto Him is because we're afraid of what it might do. Right? And and and." It's a wonderful thing when you can come with open face. Here I am, Lord, for real, as much as I know. For you to tell me what you are thinking. (laughs) For you to... Or here at least I'm availing myself, not afraid, not in pretense. My face is open. Uh, For you to work your purpose, your intention in, in here. Um, And and it tells us in Deuteronomy 7, this should encourage you too. And you don't have to turn there either. Um, Just read the Bible on your own time. (laughs) But it says, the Lord says, I am going to remove everything that's ruled over you. All nations, I'm going to destroy them all. I'm going to get rid of all those influences that have had power over you. Somebody should have said amen. Like, there was one over here. Um, and then it says, little by little. Anybody ever read that? Little by little. And then it says, lest the beast of the field rise up. And I, you know, it's always been a curious thing. I, I think that means unless we, you know, the, the, the tendency would be if God, Fix you immediately. You would say, "Man, look what I did." Yes. And uh, because pride is pretty, pretty powerful. And God does it little by little. Why does He do that? So you and I are totally destitute of any capacity of ourselves um, to pull this off, but totally desirous. to be in communion with the one who can do this, perform this. Anyway, um, so then it says over in Isaiah 4, and I will turn there, because I, because we read the stories in the Bible of what people went through, and, and then we, when things like that, when the, when the difficulty happens in our own life, we, we say what's going on, right? It's like I was telling, talking to somebody the other day that I don't know how many years in this move they've been preaching about Babylon has fallen, Babylon has fallen, and then when there seems to be a plethora of indication, uh, we, get, we get nervous and want to know what's going on. Um, but it says in, in Isaiah 4, um, Verse two, in that day shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious. And the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for them that are escaped of Israel. And it shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion and he that remains in Jerusalem shall be called holy. Even everyone that is written among the living in Jerusalem. But look at it says, when the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem From the midst thereof, by the spirit of judgment, and by the spirit of burning, and that is the process that that really we're in to bring forth this holy, sanctified condition that God wants us in. There's there's judgment going on, and um, we talked about order here a little bit this morning. Um, I I just have to say, I'm not commenting either way on any of that but I just want to say that if you're seeking to be in communion with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis you are under judgment the best and most profitable judge that you can be under is the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost will talk to you About things that perhaps you didn't even notice, (laughs) or the Holy Ghost will show you something that is so necessary for your life. Um, But that's how it works, and that's why, that's why God's got to bring us through certain things uh, that we just don't we don't get. Why does it go on? Why does it? It's it's taking a long time. It's it's difficult. It's painful. And it's a spirit of judgment and burning, but he's bringing forth, as it says, the branch that is beautiful and glorious. It says in Jeremiah 8, 7, that the stork knows her appointed times, but my people know not the judgment of the Lord. How important it is for us to be in communion with the Spirit, to say, Lord, can you you talk to me? so that we understand we can have some sanity uh, in what God has to walk us through. The things that come up in our lives that we have to, to deal with. And Paul says this in Colossians 1, that he has a had a prayer burden. And this would be a good way to pray for each one of everyone. I hope we pray for each other here. I hope you do pray for each other. It's a lot better than our human analysis of each other. But in Colossians one, it says, for this cause we also, verse nine, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will His intention in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Anyway, the whole passage is good and there's no periods till the end. Um, But that is a good prayer for every single one of us. Lord, Lord, help them. Help them to understand what your will is. This is difficult what they're going through, but Lord, open their eyes to understand your intention and your will and your purpose. Um, They were overthrown in the wilderness because they they weren't in communion with the Spirit. Right? They were overthrown by the difficulty. And we too can be overthrown by the difficulty if we aren't in communion with the Spirit of God. Um, Anyway, I just want to... I don't know why you've been talking... 32 minutes or something. I just want to go through uh, something in the Bible. I think it's a important. Um, and it's a picture of transformation. And, um, and it's really specifically a picture of transformation in the soul. And it is the life of Samson. Um, and you know the life of Samson. And um, he had trouble with women. Uh, I don't know if you know that, but I think you do, right? He had real trouble with women, and when, we say, when I say women, I don't, I'm, I'm really referring to your soul, I'm not referring to females. Though females can give you trouble. I mean, it's just the way it is, but so can males. So can humans. But when you look at Samson's life, he had trouble with this sanctification, whole sanctification going on in his soul. He, he was a Nazarite, he was separated from his birth by design, right? But if you look at his life, there wasn't an enormous amount of sanctification going on in his life. And the first thing he did was he found that, that Philistine woman that he wanted. And God, it said the Spirit of God began to move him, and God was dealing with the Philistines. and. Um, and, and he found that that woman that was a Philistine and he had it he said get her for me I need her and it said his parents didn't know it was of the Lord because God wanted to deal with the Philistines okay so um, <laughs> it's important communion with the spirit is important um, and so she he got in a bunch of trouble with her um, get her for me, for she pleases me well. Anyway, you know the story. Uh, he told the riddle and then they, they got the wife to, or the, the patrol, uh, go tell him. go find out what the riddle is, or we're going to burn your house with fire. And, and it says that Samson's wife wept before him and she wept before him all seven days of their wedding feast. And she said, Thou dost but hate me, <laughs> and love me not. You know, it, it says his soul got vexed. <clears throat> um, it, your soul is your soul gives you some a lot of trouble sometimes. Um, if you really. Um, You've all experienced this, where your soul is vexing you. Sometimes it's with a thought. Sometimes it's with a feeling. Sometimes it's because you want something that you shouldn't have, or all those things. Um, anyway, she wept before him seven days. Anyway, you know the story. Um, he ends up you know, killing all those um, Philistines and gives them 30 changes of garment. Um, Anyway, and then in the meantime, his wife's given to somebody else. That upset him. And then it goes on. I mean, it's all in Judges. You can read it sometime. And he caught 300 foxes. I've always been very impressed with this in the Bible. He caught 300 foxes and tied a firebrand between the two tails. Um, you know what? That's even as good as walking through the wall, I think, really. I mean, when you think about it. I mean, like, you, I don't know... Uh, you know, I caught a bunch of foxes in my life, um, and we were talking about Ron, I remember Ron trying to catch fox, this fox that wasn't desiring to be caught, and in this cage, and it's not a very big cage, but they sure can move back, back, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, some of them are really idiotic foxes, and, um, and, and Ron had these tongs, you know, you get them on the neck, and all of a sudden I see Ron, he <laughs> looked like John Wayne. He, he throws down the tongs, because he can't get this fox. And all of a sudden, I see his left hand shoot out like lightning, and the fox is pinned in the corner by the neck. I walked a little more softly around Ron after I saw that. He seems like a pretty harmless guy, but you've got to be careful. Um, but he caught 300. He, got, he and he, you know he's somehow. T- I don't know. I don't know how he did that. 300. I mean, what, I mean two. I'd be pretty impressed with two. I bet Dave Brooks could do two. Uh, but you know, 300. And he let them go through the fields, right? And They burned everything down, and just to, to this all started with a woman from Timnath, and and then they went after him, and he found a jawbone of an ass and he put forth his hand, this is the same, the ending of the story, and, and he killed a thousand men. I wonder if he, it, it, maybe if he was in some communion with the spirit, he would have noticed the implement that God had him use to destroy the Philistines? I don't know. I mean, that's not even in the commentaries, I just made that up, but I thought, perhaps he could have noticed he was showing he was using a javelin of an ass. Well, he's using me. Maybe I'm a, yeah. Good. And then it says he, he went to Gaza and he found a harlot. Leave that alone. And for whatever reason, he left at midnight and he just... He took the doors of the gate of the city and he carried him to the top of the hill. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman named Delilah. And so you know the story of Delilah. And um, anyway, in Judges 16, it says, it came to pass, she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. And if you're vexed unto death, you're living in a place of communion with your soul. And there's another place to find to live that is much more helpful. But God's got a process that He's got to walk us through. And He knows how long you and I have to be vexed in order to get to the condition He wants us in. You can't. You're not in charge of your change. You're not in charge of how long it takes or the process that, that you, you're in. You're not in charge of that. Um, anyway, so you know the story, and then so we get to the end of the story, and it says, and this is a beautiful picture of the loving kindness of God, that when he's his, he's lost his eyes and he's he, you know they bring him to the pillars. It, it, well, before they bring him to the pillars, he's grinding grain. It says, Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again. Isn't that a beautiful pat- line? It, there's recovery, there's redemption. That in our flailings, God allows that anointing to come back to us, little by little. It grows back. And, and then you know the last thing um, that happens is that he, it says, in, and Samson said, let me die with the Philistines, he's gonna knock it down. And, and this is where I think is the tension for all of us. And this is where God is, the Spirit of God is taking us. Because there's one line here I think is so important. It says of Samson, you can look it up later, but it's Judges 16.30. It says, he said, let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might. And I thought, if that, that is exactly where God is bringing me. That's where he's bringing all of us. <laughs> that we bow with all our might under his hand. That's where we're going. That's what this holy sanctified takes, is that you and I, Lord, bring me to that condition where I bow. Not just, I did, I've done some bowing. But this is a bowing with all his might. You know, there's a, there's a um, wholeness about it. Lord, cause me to bow and, when it's so inconvenient and so antithetical to me to bow then uh, before you. When my opinion is so right, when I'm so right, it says, I just want to close with one scripture in 1 Peter. It says, all of you uh, submit yourselves to the elder. All of you be subject one to another. 1 Peter 5, verse 5. Be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all, all, all your care upon him, for he cares for you. All of it. The subtext is every day, right? All of it. And then skip down verse 10. But the God of all grace who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. And that's so interesting, the word there. After you've suffered a while, and we don't get it, because the word that they use in the Greek there, it means puny, it means a short season. After you've suffered for a short season, God's going to bring you forth beautiful and glorious. Why is it a short season? I think God looks at this from the standpoint of eternity not from this short. My wife and I are getting older. She's not, but I am, and she's catching up. And we just have been struck with that. Life actually is very, very short. And God sees it that way. But he's prepared something for eternity. That's why he says after you've suffered for a short season, he brings you forth beautiful and glorious. So thank the Lord for his great work. Amen.
0: Let's stand. about gaining our soul um, because the process of this has ugly in it and there's uh, dealings uh, the, when you say to God I want to be fully yours I commit myself to you uh, the enemy wants to put a, a, a continual eraser on that and and make you uh, believe that you really didn't say that. And of course, I had no idea when I said I do at the altar how much I had to do and how much I couldn't do and how totally dependent I was to do. And that's your plight and that's mine as we go forward with a God who's more, David says, and it's really true, he, he loves you more than you can conceive of or imagine and he's not going to let you fail you, you let you fail if you don't trust him and the mirror of checking yourself how am I doing is really dangerous because when you say I commit myself keep telling God no matter what I look like i 'm going to hold of that that 's why it says you know don't throw away your confidence, which is a great reward and the mirror examining yourself at any stage paralyzes it it, it will fix you it's a it 's a trap to say how am I doing you'll know how you're doing by the the, the releases that you, that you get and the intermittent uh, joy of being committed, because most people, most of, of, of the, the church, they, they don't know, they offer, and I, I, wanna, I wanted to quote, uh, John Shaver said, so I, did I quote this? Uh, but he spoke, and uh, somewhere in the middle of his word he said, If you have a bloody knife in your hand and a corpse at your feet, offer. And I thought, I loved it because it's such an incongruity. And that's what we are. We're so far from the the perfection that's there. But you know when you, and David mentioned this, when you do something that's really ugly, you don't like you. Even if the person might have deserved it and they were stupid. Because if you're, if you're in contact with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is, is resonating. And I told you this a long time ago. Sometimes I'll get up and I'll tell a story. And in the middle of my story, the Holy Spirit says, that didn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then I recall, recall it. You know, but I've said it so long that I'm living a lie I don't even know about until he tells me. And that's the beauty, that you have God himself forwarding you. And, and you can't, your, your worst mistakes, your worst mistakes get up and offer. God help us. Thank you, Father, for this night. You've been with us and you won't leave us. Lord, be with those that are on the cusp of, of concern and transitioning, perhaps toward death and pain and operations, uh, separation, divorce, the, the whole world is in, a, in an awful climate of, of destruction, and we thank you that you're going to make everything new, but especially You're going to make us new. We ask you this and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.